Amen. Everybody happy today? I'm glad to be with you. And as much as I like you, I'm more happy to be with the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He is good. And he's here with us. You know that? You know that we're not just getting together for religious purposes? I feel no obligation <laughs> to get with you <laughs> from that standpoint. But to meet with the Lord with you, Amen. Jesus seemed to value that. Amen. When he would say, he, he, made, he made the one statement, and he said, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Amen. Someone might say, well, what does that mean if I'm by myself? Well, he also said, I'll, I will never leave you or forsake you. So I'm not going to say if you're by yourself, the Lord isn't there. But yet, if he emphasizes our gathering and his presence in our gathering, it must be different. It must be an, a unique way of being with us. A manifestation that doesn't come through us being with him by ourselves. Right? And how many know there are some that that's the only thing they know? Well, some don't know anything, but you know. Some know the presence of God in their individual life, and others have learned the difference. And when we can learn a difference and experience both, individual anointing, corporate anointing, and we can access some things that others aren't going to find. Amen? Praise God. If you have your Bible with you today, go ahead and get that out and uh, fire up your Bible apps and... Let's go uh, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Everybody ready for that? Yes, Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Amen. I've been teaching a series that I intend to finish today. He is the Alpha and the Omega. So we intend to finish with the Omega, the beginning and the end. This series is called, As You See the Day Approaching. Our goal is to live in a ready state, a constant state of readiness for the big day. Amen. Let's read our text once again. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Hallelujah. Everybody okay today? <laughs> I'm having a good time, so... If I seem like I'm a little disjointed, I'm a little bit undone. <laughs> but, but how many know, but if the only thing you left church with was a smile, you would be more prepared for your week. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And you need strength to make it through. You need the strength of God to carry on, to overcome and live victoriously. And if you live discouraged in any way, the enemy's winning. But if you can stay encouraged, no matter what's happening around you, you're going to overcome. You're going to have the strength to continue to carry on and to stand even in the evil day. Amen. Praise God. So if all you do is laugh a little bit, come on. 
And if you, if you need cues, I can come up with a signal to let you know when I'm funny. And uh, <laughs> how do you let people know when your jokes are good? What's, uh, what's the best way to communicate that? <laughs> On a serious note, uh, uh, laughter is, is a wonderful thing. Amen. I like what Mark Hankins says. Uh, he talks about how joy is the serious business of heaven. Come on, you guys, get serious and get a smile on your face. Because we didn't do church if we didn't have, a, have, have joy. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All right, let's get back to this. Uh, we're endeavoring to live in a ready state. And if I could boil this down to uh, something simple... We've covered a lot of ground. But if I would say it's all connected to one thing, if I could bring it down to one statement, I would say your relationship with God is everything. How am I prepared? How am I ready when my relationship with God is alive? It is vibrant. It is active. It is, there's a fervency to it. I taught a series a year ago called Fired Up. I almost want to teach that again right now. It's on the website. Go fire up. And, uh, but your relationship with God is everything. Religion should not determine our priorities, but our living connection with the almighty God, our Father who loves us, should determine our focus and how we live our lives. Our readiness, let me say it again, is found in our close walk with him. You want to, if you're a believer now, you want to enter heaven strong. Not just forgiven. The goal is not just to get there. I mean, if you're not a believer yet, that's your goal. Miss hell, make heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty noble goal, all right? If you're already a believer, if you've received the forgiveness of sins, if you have eternal life abiding in you, your goal then is not, just to, is not to make heaven, but your goal would be to walk closely with the Lord and enter into that place in a strong state because your relationship with God doesn't just instantly get transformed at that moment. You are still who you are. I am who I am. I mean, no, uh, people that you, you respect are the same uh, in public as they are behind the scenes. None of us like really fakes. None of us appreciate hypocrites or put-ons or just those for show. We appreciate those who will, who will be the same when you're with them, when you're not with them. You know, we've, all been, we've all met people who would talk about you behind your back, right? They will praise you while they're in front of you. They'll compliment you, and as soon as they leave, they'll run you down. I mean, no, we don't like those kind of people. I mean, we love them. Yeah, yeah we love them. And, and forgive them, but we don't really like them, do we? <laughs> we want to be the real thing. Your relationship with God, I mean, that is what it is. How I many know everything before God is open? It's all naked before Him. There are no secrets. There's no, there's no hidden ballots. There, <laughs> there's a, you guys sure seem to get stirred up whenever I mention stuff like that. <laughs> I'm t- I'm talking about your relationship with God. There is nothing hidden there either. There is no need to be phony or fake 
or cover up or put on, right? No need to keep the observers out. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, sorry. God sees all. And so if I'm going to be ready, I just need to be real before him, not hiding anything. And uh, we can talk about our righteousness that we have in Christ. If you've been saved, you are right with God. And that is not based upon your performance. It's not based upon day-to-day fulfillment of God's plan. It is based upon the shed blood of Jesus. You're just right with God. It's a legal standing. You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And I love that. We can talk about that for, for a long time. But there's another component, and that is our walk with God. You're made right. You have legal standing before God as righteous, holy, clean, and pure. But then we also want to have a daily, intimate walk with the Lord. That also should be a part of our lives. That's what makes us ready. If you would, take a left turn in your Bible and find my favorite book. Just kidding. Book of Mark. (laughs) Not really my favorite book. Mark chapter 3. That was only semi-funny in case you were like, am I supposed to laugh at that? It's optional because it wasn't super funny. But if you're really joyful, you can just do whatever. Mark chapter 3, and I want you to notice with me in verse 13, 313. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. So he here is Jesus. He called people to him that, that did what? That he wanted. Yeah. If you've responded to the Lord and you have given your life to him, do you know why you have? You know why you did that? It's because he wanted you. Say, well, I want the Lord. Well, I, I do too. But the only reason I want the Lord is because he wanted me first. And good news, by the way, you don't have to talk God into liking you. He's not just putting up with you. He's not rolling his eyes when you walk out. Huh? You're with him, I'm with him, I have called upon him, I'm even here in this service today with you because he wants me here. I want you to know God wants you. You are not a castaway, a cast off, a second rate person, someone who's unimportant or insufficient or ill-equipped or ugly or untalented or not smart enough or, or a failure. He picked you. I'm going to honor God's choice. I'm going to honor, I'm going to go ahead and honor God's choice and by faith act like you're a very important person. VIPs all over the house today. Why are we VIPs? Because the Lord picked us. The Lord chose us. Now he picked more people, understand that, but we have to respond to him. But he called those to him whom, uh, who he himself wanted. And they came to him. Verse 14. Then he appointed 12 that they might, look at the words, be with him. And that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out demons. 
I want you to notice, you may have seen this before, it might not be a new thought to you, but the Lord gave a priority system here in, in using individuals. Did he want people to carry power? Yes. Did he want those, did he want people to go out and preach or proclaim the good news? Yes. But that is not what he wanted first. And that was not the only thing he wanted. I just need to get myself a team of workers here. I need to get some people together who can carry out the message. No. He called them, and the very first priority was that they would be with him. Here's the point. Mission is not first. Presence is. God just doesn't focus on what he wants you to do to work for him or to act a certain way or to, uh, uh, to carry out certain uh, you know, activities. He wants you to be with him. I can see presence and then the mission, then the activity, and then the power as we go. He wants us to operate in all three of these, but many people are tempted to place their work for God above their place with God. And that is when we make big mistakes. Uh, maybe you've grown up in a family that was that way. Many people have where love for you or approval for you was tied to your work ethic, your performance. And if you didn't perform well enough, if you didn't do enough, there was a great sense of disapproval disapproval uh, with your life. I want you to know that as valuable as doing good things is, the Father does not treat us that way. He does not elevate that as the top priority, as the highest accomplishment. He seeks your presence. He wants to be with you. He wants you and I to be with Him. And that is enough all by itself. In fact, if we will be with him, if that presence it becomes our priority, then we actually become equipped or made usable for other things. Everybody with me? It's not just about how much talent I have or about my commitment or work ethic. It is his presence that makes me usable. It is his presence that enables me to be equipped with power. If I have his power on me and I don't have that relationship to sustain it, it can be a dangerous thing. Uh, we don't want people leading us that do not have a relationship with God. I don't want to follow those who are just called of God. I want to follow those who actually live it and walk it, walk it out. Think about, think, think about if we had uh, our, our worship leaders up as we did earlier, and they do great. But think about if our worship leaders did not have a real dynamic closeness with God. They had a skill set. They were musicians. They may have even been obedient to the call, 
but they didn't personally walk close with the Lord. Would you want them leading you in worship? Okay, some of you got that. The answer is no. Because you cannot lead someone where you are not. And if we create followers, the followers are only going to be able to replicate what the leader has working in their life. And I think it would be quite horrendous to, to have, for someone to stand up and say, come on, worship the Lord. And all those who are following that leader had a better relationship with God than the leader. Because they can't take you anywhere if they're not there. Leading, you know, kind of has that go first concept to it. You're leading, you're out in front. Some are trying to lead, and the people that they're trying to lead have a better relationship with God than they do, so they can never take them anywhere. Hallelujah. And so, it's His presence that makes us usable. I want to preach for the Lord. I'm called to preach. Well, we're all called to preach on some level. Not like this necessarily, but everyone's called to share the good news. And we're all called to have power. Believers shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Okay, so we're all called to do that. Uh, what, need, what needs to come first? Uh, the presence of God. I need to go from His presence and I need to go with His presence. Then I'm able to do something for Him. But sometimes we flip this all around. I'm just working for the Lord. I'm working for the Lord. But are you spending any time with Him yourself? How's your walk with God? And that's the, that's the missing ingredient sometimes. And people can be working for God until He comes. I'm busy doing the work of God. I know, but how close are you with him? I remember uh, years ago, uh, a young man was, we, have a, we were having a conversation and somehow in the conversation, uh, the subject of this particular traveling ministry group was brought up and uh, they would travel and sing and do different things like that. And this individual said to me and some others around who were in the conversation, they expressed how great it would be. They thought, wouldn't that be great? I don't even know if they were a musician themselves, but they just saw the life. And he, but here's, here's the, the explanation this guy gave. He said, if you could be in a group like that, and if you could be given all of your life that way, he said, you would never backslide. And that was his thought. If I'm busy working for God constantly, I won't ever get away from the Lord. And you can see by him sharing that, I mean, I immediately saw he has trouble being committed to God. He's going in and out and back and forth, and he feels bad about that. And, uh, you know, I mean, if anyone is here is like that, you feel bad about it too. If you're truly saved and you're half-heartedly serving God, you don't like the fact that you're doing that. You don't. And he had that, and he thought, wow, I could just be like a full-time Christian, <laughs> Like every day, and I wouldn't have to like come back and repent again. And, 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 but he was also missing something. Because if he thought, if you're just doing this, if you're working for God, or what if I got a job at the church? You could backslide just as easy if you'd, as if you didn't. It's not about that. And there are ministers who backslide. Meaning, they're still preaching, they're still operating in the anointing, and their personal relationship with God has gone down the tubes. Say, how can that be? God wouldn't still, wouldn't still use someone like that, would he? Yes, he would. Absolutely would. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. 
I can tell you from firsthand experience, the gift works whether I pray or don't pray. Did I say that out loud? No. I pray, <laughs> but the gift works whether I do or don't. I'll step, in, I'll step in the anointing and think, oh, glory to God, here we go. And I slept in today. <laughs> no, I didn't, but, I, you know, I'm saying it, it, that's the way it works. You remember the story of Samson? If you know the Old Testament character, Samson, he was a judge in Israel. The anointing, he was gifted. God would come upon him and he would do uh, mighty feats of strength, not just break bricks with his head or bend the iron or blow up hot water bottles. He would actually actually take out Philistines, (laughs) okay, in warfare. And he was mighty and strong. And you know the story. Uh, He was a big baby. He was very immature, and at one point, he started sleeping with prostitutes and doing all kinds of wrong things. You know what happened? He'd do that, and then uh, he'd rise up, and the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him again, and he would take out Philistines and, and deliver Israel from the enemy. Sin, and then go right, step right into the anointing. Isn't that interesting? Say, so that, is that the way th- the things of God work? Yes, that's the way they work. Now, they don't last forever that way. Eventually, you get your eyes poked out. Yes. <laughs> but God is gracious and merciful, and he gives people time to get things right and, get in, and, and repent. And, 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 and Samson was doing the wrong thing. In fact, one day when he finally, you know, if you know the story, gave the secret out about cutting his hair. And, uh, and he rose as they were binding him up. As they're taking him. He rose up to just kind of fight him off like normal. And he didn't recognize that God wasn't there anymore. He didn't even know, he didn't even know the, the anointing had left him. He's going to continue to f- do what he always did, and there's no power to it now. Anyway, these things do work this way, and, uh, and I want you to know that obedience matters to God, but I tell you, worship comes first. That's what we got to put, put as, the, as the number one issue in our lives. Um, there's something about our salvation that should be celebrated above all. Not God works through me, not uh, he has a great plan for my life. I'm saved. I'm right with God. Here's what I mean. Uh, David, King David, wrote many of the Psalms. He said this in, in Psalm 51, 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Notice he's asking the Lord, Restore to me, connect the words, joy and salvation. In other words, he had lost joy, the joy of salvation. But joy and salvation should be connected together in our lives. Why am I happy? Saved. Isn't there a song? I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. And there's more to that song. <laughs> what? His eye is on the sparrow and he watches over me. Thank you. I almost want to hear someone sing that right now. <laughs> Joy is connected to salvation. We should just be happy that we're saved. One day Jesus sent out his crew. And they went out preaching the gospel and casting out demons and healing the sick. And they had their come to 
together meeting, their debriefing, their successful ministry tour, and the disciples were all fired up, and they came back saying, Lord, the demons are subject to us in your name. They were happy about that. They're saying, come out, and demons were flying out of people. And it's almost, maybe that's a guy thing. It's like, you know, shooting. Boop, 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 boop. They're picking off things. Targets or creatures or, and uh, there's something about that feels good. And they were excited about demons being cast out. We'd say in the name of Jesus and these demons would fly out of people and they'd get set free. And they're happy about that. But Jesus corrected them. And he said, he said, listen, uh, let your rejoicing be in this, that your names are written in heaven. Find your joy not in what you do for him. Find your joy in the relationship. Be happy about your salvation. Let that be the main component, not just what you can get done in his name. This is where we've got to find our joy as well. Do you want his presence in your life? Can I tell you? He wants yours. Do you want to hear his voice? I do. Can I tell you something? He wants to hear your voice. It's valuable and important to him. Amen. Remember this whole thing is his idea. You are God's idea. He's the one who came up with this. The very fact that any of us would call on his name is because he first loved us. Amen. So stay with the basics. Stay with the relationship. How do you want to end this thing? How do you want to finish up your life? Whether you're old and your heart's going to stop beating some, sometime soon, or whether Jesus is going to call us and we're going to meet him in the air, how do you want to go out? I want to be working for God. Hold on. Stop, stop for a moment. You want to be close with him. You want to have an intimate fellowship with him. You want to be walking with him. More than what you're doing for him, you want to be with him. That will make you ready. There is a guy in the Bible that has just a few verses written about him. In all of the scripture, he's, I've liked this guy for a long time. <laughs> I've been drawn to him for many years. And there's only a few verses. Sometimes I wonder if that's just my study habits. I can study this guy in like five minutes. <laughs> but he's a guy named Enoch. You ever heard of Enoch? And his life described in just a few verses, and it goes over hundreds of years in a second. <laughs> and I like that. Just give me the bullet points. Don't tell me what he's wearing. I don't need to know what he had for dinner. <laughs> Just tell me the main points. And that's what the scripture does. I'm going to read to you the very few verses about Enoch, and you'll see how cool he was. Okay? It's Genesis 5. So he lived uh, probably, uh, was born probably about 700 years after uh, Genesis 1, after creation and Adam and so forth. Okay? Genesis 5, 21. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. 
Uh, so by the way, you can serve God while you, even if you have kids. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll start coming to church. I mean, when my kids are growing up and stop it, stop it. Verse 23, so, so all the days of Enoch were 365, 65 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Isn't that cool description? Say, so what was Enoch like? He was not. I even like that way of saying it. Well, what did he do before he was not? Well, he walked with God. The Lord smiled at him, and one day he wasn't anymore. And, and then the other verse is Hebrews 11.5 that reflects on him. Hebrews 11.5, by faith, Enoch was taken away. So faith is involved. We get that revelation. Was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. By the way, the language of God taking people does not apply to them dying of a disease or a car accident or something else. Right? The language of God taking someone means they didn't have to die. Well, the Lord took my, took my aunt. The Lord took my grandma. The, no, the Lord didn't take them. If, if they're a believing one, they went to be with him. I'm not saying that, but that's not the language of God taking people when they die is not right. Unless you're describing someone like this. He was cruising along with the Lord and then he wasn't anymore. <laughs> For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. There we go. That's his life. Now, here's why, uh, multiple reasons why I'd want to bring him up. Why does he fit in this series? We're talking about the big day. Now, from a theological standpoint, Enoch is a type of the church. Enoch was the first person to be raptured. Raptured meaning caught up. He was, he was caught away. The scriptures speak about the first resurrection in, in the book of Revelation. Enoch was the first person to be a part of the first resurrection. Enoch is a type of the church, which means if he is a picture of us, then our walk with God, our relationship with God should be similar to what he had going on. If we are going to be caught up, remember, changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be caught up together with the Lord in the air, yeah? If he had that, and this is the relationship that preceded it, that tells me I ought to be walking with God like Enoch did. I ought to be so close to him. I ought to have this reputation as well, that I pleased God. And that would be appropriate for the last day's church to be. We should be this way. Amen. Everybody okay? Now, Enoch was a guy uh, who heard from God. Now, now think about it this way. How did he even, he even get to that place? Let's back up to the beginning. In Genesis, Adam, Eve, they would walk with God in the cool of the day. Okay? They would have op open conversations with their creator. 
God would speak to them. You know what happened? After the fall, after they got the boot out of the garden, they still heard God's voice. They would just talk to God. It appears just like we would talk to each other. That happened even after they sinned. So they're spiritually dead and having this conversation with the father. Even Cain, after he killed his brother, God is still talking to him. Some say, I don't know if God will talk to me because I've got, stop it. Did you kill your brother? If you did, he'll still talk to you. But somewhere along the line, it seems that people lost this connectivity, this active communication with with God. Somewhere along the line, people stopped walking with him. But Enoch came along one day, and he was 65, and it doesn't give us the details. But I think we could speculate a little. We could imagine. I think it's probably tied. He didn't have a Bible. Didn't have the ministry of Jesus. He wasn't born again, wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. None of that. He must have heard stories. People lived a long time back then. Talked to people who said, yeah, God used to speak to us. We used to hear God's voice. We'd communicate with him. And maybe he's rehearsing testimonies from Grandpa Adam. And how God would walk with him. And somehow he believed that he could do that too. And, and determine, well, if God would talk to them, he would talk to me. And he started fellowshipping with the Father personally. And he got so tight. In fact, he did that for 300 years with kids. He walked with God. He got so close to him. And one day, he just wasn't anymore. You know, the scriptures speak about this world and the world to come. Like powers of the world to come, so forth. This world, the world to come. He's walking in this world, but walking with God. And one day, he's just on across the line. And I think he, maybe he just said to the Father, can I just stay? And the Lord said, yeah, you can just stay. And he was not anymore. And he was gone. But he entered into a reality that is the potential for all of us. And the scriptures don't say about his pleasing of God that it was because he did so much for him. We don't even know what he did for God. As far as works for him, service, fulfilling a call, a plan. We don't even know what he did. We know he wrote because we have one more quote in the New Testament from him. We know he wrote uh, the book called Enoch that's around today is, is not really believed by scholars to be authentic or accurate. But we know he wrote. You're not going to walk with God and, and spend much time with him on that level and you're not getting revelation. So there was more to his life, but here's what the Lord inspired people to write about him. He walked with God for 300 years and was gone. And this is what everybody knew about him. He pleased God. And that's where faith comes in. He walked by faith with God. He pleased him. You mean God will be pleased pleased with me if I just by faith walk with him? So much so that you might disappear. (laughs) What about God's plan for my life? Valid. I'm walking in his plan for my life. But that's not first. 
In fact, if it is first, I'm setting myself up for a Samson. I'm setting myself up to fall. And if you're following God's plan for your life and it happens to be public, then you get a fall in front of everybody. Yikes. What's the main point? Just be with him. That's the main thing he called you to be. Is with him. With him. He's happy with that. He's good with that. I don't have to do anything else. No, just be with him. I mean, if I could boil this down, I don't take away from anything else. I'm still going to teach you. You should be a part of the dream team. I'm going to teach you. You should tithe and give offerings. I should teach you. You should pray. You should serve. You should do all these things for the Lord. But forget about all that. Because if all of that is, becomes the goal, then we've missed the point. What do you need? Presence. Presence. Then let everything else come out of that. The presence equips you. The presence prepares you. The presence enables you to handle the power. But people are seeking the power without the relationship with God. And that power will mess you up. You'll become proud. You'll, be, you'll become self-focused. There are so many things that can go wrong and, and be, you can even be deceived. But when your relationship with God is right where it's supposed to be, you're laughing. So I don't even know what to do for God. Then don't worry about it. I, think, I don't know if I'm called to God to do anything. Don't worry about it. I didn't seek a calling from God. I'm not doing what I did today because, Lord, because I said, Lord, I want to work for you. I'm doing what I do today because I lifted my hands in church. And I said, I worship you. I love you, Lord. I praise your name. And then I, and then, then I would leave there and I would go in my little apartment back in the day and I would lift my, I'd get on my knees and I would lift my hands and say, I worship you. I praise you, Lord. I worship you. Before I knew anything about preaching and pastoring and doing anything for God. That's where it started. I wouldn't be doing today what I'm doing if I didn't do that. And if I tried to do this without doing that, I probably would have blown up already. Hallelujah. I'm trying to be done. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish. What do you want to be doing when the Lord comes back? What do you want to be doing as the day approaches and when the day arrives? What do you want to be busy doing? Here's, here's what we want. So I, this is a trick question. I don't know. Because, <laughs> I mean, not talking naturally. Some of you are going to be sleeping. Some of you are going to be wor at work. Some of you are going to be praying. Some of you are going to be eating. Some of you are going to be on vacation, right? <laughs> That's going to be the condition of life. But what do you want to be caught doing in your life? I want to be about my father's business. Jesus told a parable and the, 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 the word he gave in this parable about the one who went off to get a kingdom, he said, do business till I come. Because his disciples thought, it's happening now. And he knew it wasn't happening like right now. So he told the story, he said, just be busy. Do business till I come. Jesus, when he was 12, can we take advice from a 12-year-old? We ought to from this one. At least one, 12-year-old. <laughs> His parents were doing uh, their temple stuff. They went to Jerusalem when he was 12. They left head, heading back home to Nazareth. And, and what happened there? Jesus stayed behind in the temple. 
asking questions and talking with the, the, the experts there. Jesus, when they came back and said, Jesus, where were you? We left you. We were worried about you. He said, didn't you know I should be about my father's business? I want to be busy with whatever God has in mind. It's that relationship that comes first. In the, in the Old Testament, and we could do a whole teaching on this, but Moses would go into the tent of meeting and the presence of God would come before the, the tent, the, the door there in a pillar. And he, Moses would go in and meet with God. God would give him instructions and so forth. And Joshua was his assistant. So they'd go in there together. Joshua got to be in the presence of God, of God. And then Moses would leave and Joshua would hang out. Say, Moses, I'm just going to stay in here for a little longer. I don't know what he did in there, but he wanted the glory of God. He, want, he valued the presence of God more than anything. He said, I'm just going to hang out. That's the attitude that Jesus had. Joshua had it. That's the attitude that we should have with the Lord. What do I need to do for him? Stop. Just be with him. Just have a desire to spend extra time, to stay a little bit longer, just to be saturated in his glory. Anything he wants you to do or wants you to become, that's the place to get that. So we don't focus, is this last week, week before? Don't focus on the smoke coming out of the chimney. Focus on the fire in the place right? Smoke will take care of its own business. We focus on, I'm just going to walk with God. I'm going to be very close with him. I'm going to be with him. Amen. And when I do that, it'll be, it'll be smoke making. And I'll get anything else the Lord wants to add to this or he wants me to do. Amen. Let's not be those who plan to do this in the future. One of these days, I'm going to get to this. Come on, giddy up. Let's just be about this so we live in a ready state. I'm not getting ready. I'm living ready. How do you live ready? I just walk with the Lord every day. I just talk to him every day. Are you doing it enough? It's not about trying to perform. I just be with him. Amen? Pray with me today. Father, in the name of Jesus.